You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Hey guys, this is Megan and Anna, and today for the podcast, we are talking about idolizing our ideals, which this topic kind of came about for me. I was listening to a podcast called The Art of Homemaking, and in there, there was a mother that gave her life to homeschooling her children and teaching them her entire life, all the things that she wanted them to know. When they went out of the house, one of the children started making some decisions that she didn't love. And she's praying to God. And she just said, like, I gave everything and kind of feeling resentful. And she said her answer was very clear. You're making an idol of the results. So... So I was thinking about that word idol. We worship idols, right? Mm -hmm. So I want you to think of like your ideals or like the things, um, your goals, your passions, your dreams, your desires, and you can kind of call it an ideal, right? Mm -hmm. And when you're worshiping that ideal, you're, it's like everything to you, right? Yeah, you turn into almost a different human to try to get to that ideal. Like a chaser. Yeah, chasing (laughs) it. Some of... Some of my people are chasing like relationships, how they want their relationships to work or just how they feel in their business, in their home. Totally. And I was thinking about this subject for me because I was like, oh, shoot, I totally have this problem where I have a hard time being content in the current moment sometimes Mm -hmm. because I have big dreams and big desires. And I, I hold my bars pretty high. Like I have certain things that I want to hold the bar high. I want to be excellent at. And I actually don't think that's a problem until it becomes a problem because I'm discontent in the current moment and I'm chasing and I'm reaching and I'm trying and I'm not just at peace in the present moment. And so for me, I've seen this show up in many ways, but this really is a conversation I think about worshiping ideals, like, Mm -hmm. And learning how to be content and find gratitude and peace like in the present moment. So I want you to think for a minute, what are your idols or ideals? What are some of the things that feel out of your reach? The things that like, if only I had this, if only my relationship looked like this, if only my home looked like this, if only my kids looked like this, what is it for you? What are you chasing? If you had that one thing, it would change the entire ball game of your life. I have two. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to talk while you're talking. I, I, I want to hear it. <laughs> okay. I have two. I have two that come up for me and they've kind of, I actually, I, I feel like I got chastised by the big guy upstairs a little bit about this recently <laughs> in my life, but I have two. So one of them is business. Like I have this idea of what my business is going to look like and I'm making a lot of money in it. And, and I'm doing it from like a really chill, carefree energy. And this is the idea. And this is what I want it to look like. And it's going to be like relaxed and nice, but I'm making tons of money and my family's traveling. Okay. That's one of them. Mm -hmm. And the second one is that my house is like so cute. I feel this in my soul. (laughs) Very peaceful. There's like candles. (laughs) I like can see it, you guys. Um, There's there's candles everywhere. And like my kids are like playing the violin. (laughs) 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 Which is so funny because I don't have any interest in the violin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I have this homemaking idea of like what my home is going to look like and what that work is going to look like in my home. And 
and they so easily become my idols. So what happened was, I have to tell you guys this story. Mm-hmm. What happened was, is I, I kind of feel like I got like a little whoosh, whoosh from the big guy upstairs, you know, because I was totally putting my, my business as my God. Like it was coming before everything. I didn't think about anything else. That's all I wanted to do. I was like, gotta get this result. Gotta get this result. I was letting other things that are important to me fall through the cracks. I wasn't taking care of the things I needed to take care of because that was what I was worshiping. It was my God and it came first. And so then I, I recently like kind of put my business down a little bit. I'm, I'm working on um, balancing this in my life and learning how to like minister and serve in my business from a really like, uh, align, just, just do it from like a place of service. Mm-hmm. And then I started being at home more and doing homemaking stuff more. And then like, I started being on the marketplace on Facebook 24 (laughs) seven, trying to figure out how to make my house better and look better. And I realized, oh my gosh, I'm doing the exact same thing. It's just a different thing to worship. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, what I'm learning is that like, there's only one master and there's only one person, God, (laughs) person, Mm -hmm. God, Mm -hmm. that I want to worship and that I want to idolize. And it's not a house and it's not a dream. It's not a goal. It's not a result. It's, it's Jesus Christ and, and our heavenly parents. And so for me, um, this has been just a harrowing experience of like letting go of the results and enjoying the process now and Mm -hmm. letting it be. Which is exactly how you create the thing that you want. Which so is for me, so I get, funny. I've been working on my business from like such a better energy now. <laughs> I get so the true. home thing. I would have to say that's one of mine as well. I I'm pretty comfortable with mess. I'm fine with it. But when I start like getting that image in my head, I'm like striving for it. And the person that I become sometimes or the person that has to have it in order for me to feel content, successful. I try to guard those emotions like a crazy rabid dog. Like if my kids come in to try to destroy it, I turn into a snappy mom. And then the other thing that I've noticed for me as an ideal, and this, I'm going to try to articulate this how I want to, but how others feel around me. Like I want everybody to be happy and peaceful and content around me and then I can be peaceful and then that means I'm good, which logically makes zero sense. It makes <laughs> no it. sense, fine, right? <laughs> but that's how I judge like, is my life good? Is my life bad? Is anybody suffering? Which again, not logical. I, it's that people pleasing side that in order for me to be content, others have to be content. And so I strive for that ideal, which is not even an ideal that I want to keep. The home one, I actually want to keep because I like it. The one where I'm like, I want to spend time with my kids and I want that time to look a certain way. I want to keep those. The one where I try to make everybody always feel really good, that's not even possible. Yeah, so, you can see where you could run into some problems oh, lots there, of right? Problems. Well, it's the same <laughs> though, even with our houses, like... You could see, like, we want to hold these ideas, these excellent, like, mm-hmm. ideals that we, that are even worthy of our feelings and our time and everything. Like, these ideals are worthy. We want to hold them, but, but you can see how it creates a little problem because of the beautiful, lovely gift of agency. Yeah. Because, like, I can control what I do in my house, but I can't control every move of the sec- two-year-old. And, yeah. like, I can't control the outbursts. Like the decisions of others. Yeah. Like so many times I talk about marriage and that dynamic in the relationship. Well, 
you are one individual. There's a whole mm-hmm. nother individual making choices that you have no control over. Yeah, and I love it because at my house, Colin has like completely different ideals yeah. of what the house is going to be like. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. Like there's different <laughs> ideals. Are we see it different? In fact, I have to take a funny story. Colin was like. I'm so glad you don't buy all that fall crap and then put it everywhere. (laughs) And then I was like, "Uh uh-oh, because I just went on Amazon and had bought a bunch of fall stuff to put everywhere. Because I want my house to be all like folly and homemakey feeling. that cozy feel. Cozy feel. And he was like, he's like minimalist. And he like wants everything like decluttered and just like not stuff everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's funny because like, and I got to work with him. I mean, it's his house too, you know. And so like, like agency is a huge part of the equation that I think sometimes we don't take into account when mm-hmm. we're when we're doing this. We're worshiping these ideals that we honestly don't have full control over. Yep. We and even if we feel like we do, even if no one else is involved, yo, like big dude upstairs involved, like mm-hmm. you can't outwill the will of God. You yep. know what I mean? So it's important that you recognize that you are creating bondage. Your brain is trying to get you to this goal because you think you'll feel free. Yeah. You think you'll feel better. But really, in the moment, you are creating bondage. You're suffering. creating suffering. So and much. So much suffering. And you're creating like stress and overwhelm and anxiety and all. Yeah, suffering. Mm-hmm. All because you think that the thing. So if we went back to the topic, like making an idol of the result, just hearing that sentence, it's like chasing. Like I have to get to something, something that's out of my reach. But that's the funny part is whatever you want, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want is because of what you believe it will make you feel. I just had this thought come to me. I think this is good. It's exactly what you're saying. (laughs) So you already said it. It's fine. So (laughs) idols, like think about an idol. It's something we worship. So like I like to think of even like like in the Ten Commandments, it's like have no other gods before me, right? It's kind of Mm -hmm. like it becomes your God. Mm -hmm. And God save you. So in your head, you're saying the thing that's my savior, the thing that's going to save me, is a, an object or an ideal or an image, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. God's like, no. I did this. I already <laughs> took care of that. You can have it now. Mm-hmm. Come on. You can have this right now. Mm-hmm. You don't need saving from a from a goal hit. You don't yeah. need to make money to feel saved. You don't need any of that. You can have it in this moment. But you're going to have to learn how to get present mm-hmm. and content and practice extreme amounts of gratitude. So much gratitude. <laughs> but, and here's the thing. Let's just take this down to like the nuclear thought. Let's say I have a belief that a marriage should look a certain way. And that means I have a good marriage. But the whole time I'm holding the belief that I don't have a good marriage yet. I have a bad marriage. Mm-hmm. So what is your brain going to look out for? Your brain is going to collect more evidence why you're not there at this good marriage yet. So the solution then would to be like, rather than making that the idol that you're chasing after, that you're worshiping, that is not yours, you've already been given it. What she just said, like, I've already done this. So which means we start to adopt the idea and maybe just make room for it. If I have a really good marriage is a hard thing for you in the moment, maybe just start saying, my marriage isn't that bad. This is adequate. I'm okay with where we're at. And this then, is like called bridging thought. Yeah. I love it. Like the bridging thought. Yeah. And then as you do that, you're going to be, it's like the I sees whatever, what the 
I don't know. I can't remember. Your brain's you find like, what you look for. Yeah, your brain's that like, thing. Your brain's an excellent investigator, and it will find evidence for whatever you want to believe. So, so you're heavier trying, and heavier. Will that belief be of? Yes. I have a good marriage. So story time. I mm-hmm. lived in a 900 square foot house in Bunkerville, mm-hmm. and it was not my style. <laughs> Classic 80s <laughs> vibes. Uh, I had a white tile floor that would get dirty all the time. And we lived in it. It was great, though. Like, I mean, we were grateful for it. It was cheap, and it was everything. She always decorates everything beautiful, and it has such a homely vibe, though. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So, so I had this idea when I lived in that house that, like, when I moved to a bigger house, it was just going to be so much better. And and also when I moved, like. I would just feel like I was more in my space and I would be more peaceful. And I just had this idea that it was going to be like that. And then da, 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 we find a house, we move. It's 2,500 square feet. It's on an acre. It's an awesome house. We, we have all the, we are able to fix it all up inside. So it's like the colors I want and it's like the style I like and everything. And guess what? I feel 0% different. I'm grateful mm-hmm. for the extra space. But let me tell you, I could tell you all the things that's wrong with this house the same way I could with that house. Yep. Or I could tell the story to you guys of the the 900 square foot house. Like it was so nice. We had no stuff. I didn't have to clean hardly at all. We had tons of room for the kids to play. There was like a little four-wheeler track around the way that my mm-hmm. kids would ride on. We had a beautiful garden. I loved that house. And I could tell you the same story about the house I live in now. And it's just a story. Yep. And you get to train your brain. And that's like what me and Anna were talking about before we even started this was like, you might as well start training your brain to see what's working because it doesn't matter. You're going to hit that goal and it won't be enough. If it's not enough now, it won't be enough then. In your relationship, your husband will make a change and you won't even see it. Mm-hmm. You won't even know that they're growing because you're so hyper-focused on where they're not. And what wasn't working before, it will just create the exact same results in the future for you. Finding what's not working is a pattern of your brain. It's a thought, just a super highway of thought. So you have to start generating, like making space. Maybe it's even setting a timer throughout the day and saying, I'm going to find what's going right for me. Just three things that are going right for me. It's making space. How do you create a habit? right? At first it's super forced and not intentional. You have to sit down, you have to think about it. But eventually, if you want that habit of being able to see things, how you want to see them, being able to see how everything is conspiring in your favor, you have to start making that habit now. Easier said than done, but (laughs) little baby step at a time too. What I tell on my podcast and to my clients Just a tiny little shift in thought can create a huge ripple effect in feeling and then in action and then in result. Just a tiny, like it doesn't take as much work as we think it does. So true. So I was thinking about something that's super important in all of this, I think, is taking 100% responsibility for how you feel. If you don't like your house or if you're annoyed with your husband or if you feel frustrated with where your business is at or whatever your thing is, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have to take a hundred percent responsibility and recognize that we feel like that because of the thoughts that we're producing in our head and not because of the circumstances. This is why 
one person would live in my house that I live in right now and just be like crying gratitude. <laughs> yeah. And another person would live in my house right now and be crying because they're like, it's pink and it looks like a motel. Mm-hmm. Like, like you get to find what you look for. The circumstance, I know you guys hate this. And I know people are like, eh, I about it. but the circumstance <laughs> is neutral and that you get so- to choose it. Sorry, which with so much compassion yeah. too, because we understand that the circumstance does not feel, feel neutral. neutral. <laughs> Even if it's a neutral circumstance, you don't have to always think the best thoughts about it. It just serves though if you But you do want to take a look at, do you really want to feel this way? Because if you're shifting that responsibility, even a fraction of that responsibility over to your spouse or somebody else or something outside of your control... That's the fraction of feeling of your experience that you have zero control over. You're not, you're just selling it. Nobody's really taking a hold of it. But if you bring that back into your control, like, so I work with some couples that one of the spouses has left the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that brings in a lot of circumstances, like they can't do certain things. And automatically my clients want to be like, well, I have to feel this way because this circumstance. And when we get back that hundred percent responsibility, that means no joy is not within your reach. That means any feeling that you want to feel is yours for the taking. That means whatever that couple that you think has it all together is feeling, you are capable of creating that within your relationship. You don't have to give that responsibility over to your spouse. You don't have to blame them for not doing something. You get to take back 100% of what you feel. It's a pretty awesome place to be because then you can make super powerful decisions and you can love way easier. So if you're feeling like the negative emotion that comes up when we do make this choice, like to idolize our ideals and idolize like these images in our mind, it's going to be followed by negative emotion because mm-hmm. you aren't following truth and you're not following like alignment and you're not following, in my opinion, gospel and God, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be followed with negative emotion. If you're feeling that negative emotion, this is why I think like the gospel of Jesus Christ is so beautiful is because the idol isn't going to save you and you might have to learn that the hard way like me, hey? And, but but like peace will come when you follow Christ, when you when you step into the present moment and you follow his example of finding gratitude, of not worrying, of trusting him. And I just believe true rest comes in the present moment. True rest comes from idolizing the one God. I argued that for some time in my mind. I still do. Yeah, we still do. But like the peace that you're looking for, the, the emotion, the feeling that you're looking for, freedom, comfort, peace, joy, mm-hmm. those come when we serve and we focus our attention on, on Jesus Christ. What you were saying um, brought up, there is, you guys know I love my guided meditations. <laughs> There's a lady named Sarah Blondin, and she did a guided meditation on surrender. And it just has, it's like surrendering everything to this, whether you believe in God or an all-knowing power or the universe, whatever it is, it's surrendering everything. Like we so want the control of it. We want to be able to control our circumstances so we can feel a certain way. But when we push 
all of that trust and like lean into trust and surrender those things that we were trying to control. It's so freeing. Yeah, true true freedom comes it is from true letting freedom. go. I love Buddha. Like he's like, let go or be dragged. That's true. You know? That's <laughs> true. Or who's the other one? Uh, it's, oh, Deepak Chopra. He says like, if you want anything in the physical universe, the first step is to let it go. Mm-hmm. He said, holding on to anything is like holding your breath. You'll mm-hmm. suffocate. Oh, I love it, it feels so much. It's scary though to it's let it so go. Scary. Yeah. Like the second that you are like, okay, you're making this choice and I really hate it, but I'm going to try to love you. Like that feels scary. Giving it to God feels really scary. But the thing that like, that is the thing that changes everything. Because just imagine who is the person that you become when you are trying to control, when you're, you don't become the person that you want to be. And that's not how you get the result that you want. It's so backwards thinking, but it really is natural man versus go. Yeah. It's, it's hard work. So to follow up with like my story about like how my business goals, you know, mm-hmm. I had these big business goals, idolizing the results, wanting them so bad. If I just have this blah, blah, blah. Well, eventually I, I got led to take a break from my business, actually kind of let it go, surrender mm-hmm. it over. I, I felt the urge to do that. And it was really scary because I was like, but then I'm not going to get those results and it's not going to work. And then the miraculous thing happens where I put it down and now I feel like I'm creating my best work mm-hmm. in my life. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, how the heck? Like, this is way better than what I was doing. I'm mm-hmm. feeling so much more alive, so much more free. I feel like free, you know, yeah. and it's because I was willing to surrender it and yeah. give it up and set it even down Mm -hmm. and walk away from it. I don't need it. This is the thing, you guys. Your ego loves to attach and identify. So if you feel attached to a result, it is not aligned. Mm -hmm. So we have to detach from the results, right? We have to detach a little bit. I love Gary Vee because he's always like, he's like, love the process. You have to like the process and you have to not care about the results. He always Mm -hmm. tells us, I love when he says this, he's like, you guys watch me not care about getting the jets when I get it. Yep. I don't care. Yep. And that is the mindset we have to go into everything with. If my house looks like crap, I don't care. Yep. That's part of being a human. Welcome to life. Amen. Yep. Right? <laughs> um, which brings me back to, to that podcast right after she got that answer of like, the you're making an idol of the results. She got a question. And he's like, why did you do it? And when she sat down and actually answered it is because I wanted to. Cheers. I wanted to. <laughs> so I felt true. called to and I wanted to. Exactly. So it's like that's taking back that ownership that this was my choice. It wasn't for that result. It was for the process. It was because this is how I wanted to lead my family. There was a time too, like this goes back to letting go of that control and giving up that control. I was freaking out. Uh, when I put my kids, I went from homeschool and I put my kids back in school and I had a lot of thought drama. It was weird shifting a whole bunch of beliefs, but I started freaking out. And at one point, Megan, I called her in a tizzy and she reminded me, I think it's Dallas Jenkins said it, that God does impossible math. So I just love keeping that thought in the back of my mind when I'm letting go of that control. And I'm like, I don't see how this works. (laughs) Like when Megan decided to do her business a different way, like 
I don't know how this is going to work. This makes no my sense. My brain was like, this isn't going to work. I guess I have to let it go for the rest of my life. And God's like, you're an idiot. You're just kidding. Just no, kidding. it's like a quiet, gentle nudge. Yeah. Like, I do impossible math. And, or like, and I love like God works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. Like our ways are not God's ways. No. He's going to do it better. Yep. You just have to trust. Like and that's what it comes down to. Is stay in your lane. Yeah. So going back to relationships, when you let go of that trust and you stop trying to control the other person, that's when you open up all that brain space to be like, what do, how do I want to react? Mm-hmm. So this is my circumstance. What kind of wife do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be? What do I want to do in this situation? You get all of that control back because your brain space is no longer taken up of like, they should do this. And how do I make them do that? So true. That's so true. I love it. This is a good one, guys. Notice where this happens in your life. Notice what you have made an idol of and what results have you made an idol of and how do you change when you are chasing that idol? And worshiping that idol. What fruit does it produce? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't ever really get you what you want. So be on to it. It does not. I was thinking this last thing too is I think we sometimes set really exceptionally high bars. I think that's good. I think it's okay to set a high bar. Mm -hmm. But make sure it's a bar you want to set. Like like Anna said, like make sure that it's it's a bar worth setting. And if you're going to set it high, make sure you're patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't shame yourself along the way. Like it's it's good to have these excellent ideals, but but they don't need to, the result isn't going to save you. It's not it's not where your peace and your freedom and your good emotions are yeah. going to come. Don Miguel Ruiz, he oh my gosh. wrote the four agreements. Look at you. <laughs> he talks about that. conditional love. And that's one thing I like to remind my clients. It's great to have those ideals and those good bars, but do not let it go into conditional love. When you don't hit that bar, don't let it affect how much you six, love you. Yes, so important. Don't let it touch I that. I hear this with my clients. I work with women in business a lot of times. And it's like, but if I don't hit that goal, then I'm not successful. Then I'm not good enough. Then I'm a loser. Then I'm one of those people who can't do it. It's mm-hmm. like, no, stop it. And the first place to start, I think like, yeah, guys, you're like, yeah, Anna. Okay. Don't let it hit my self-confidence. Don't let it hit my conditional love, whatever. The first part is just to notice it like, oh, look at me. I'm giving myself conditional love because I didn't hit this high bar. Oh, that's what I'm doing. And then revalidate yourself, like whatever you need in that moment. But just really not a lot of drama because that's what humans do when they don't hit that bar. But if we just take the drama out of it and just notice, oh, that's what I was doing. Now you get a chance to correct it in whatever way you want. Yeah, I love that because I was just thinking it's another opportunity to surrender. Mm -hmm. It's like for me with like my business and stuff, like I realize like sometimes I care too much about like hitting that milestone Mm -hmm. and like what it it means about me. And I, I had to learn through my process of surrendering in this whole thing. I had to learn how to let go of other people's opinions. I had to learn how to make God, my God, not other people. I had to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I had to Mm -hmm. learn how to um, make God, my God, not just my mind. Cause even my mind has these funny things. I think I picked up as a child, like, and in school and in all these places of like, this is what makes you successful. Failure is bad. Blah, blah, blah. I had to, I had to realign with God 
and like the way I feel like God works and be like, wait, that's not truth. That's not truth. Mm-hmm. And I had to like set them down, set that down. I'm mm-hmm. letting go of that. I'm letting go of that belief. And, and along the way, finally, I was able to like get to a place where now I feel peace and content, but it's because of all that surrender. Yeah. And Cheers. Just, just a fun little note. I want to point out, I saw another thing when you were talking Form of people pleasers. She said something in there that was really important. Like, am I making somebody else my God? When you are people pleasing, when somebody else's opinions matter so much that you change what you do, even if you know it's what you should not do, just to please that person, that person has now become your God. You might even be trying to people please so hard that you miss what God actually intended for you. You made that person your actual God over God. And you can't serve two masters. No. So either you're going to serve the world or you're going to serve God. And serving the world only, it's it's a form of serving yourself. So it's either Mm -hmm. like, are you serving you or are you serving God? And that's hard work and harrowing work and um, letting go of this process of surrender is, is, it's painful. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be very painful. Your ego hates it. It feels scary on every level. It feels like that free fall. Free fall. I I think we described it before. It's like, okay, if you're swinging from vine to vine and you're holding on to one vine and you're at the point where you got to let go of that vine to go to the next thing, it's that free fall, that middle swing before you catch the next vine and you've already let go of the other. Yeah. Gay Hendricks calls it the big leap. Oh yeah. And it's that big leap that, yep. that, that, and most people won't take it. They either won't take the big leap or they, they jump back to the back line. Mm-hmm. But if you're willing to just take that, that jump, that's where all the peace and all the freedom and all the fun is. So, okay, you guys, anything else, Anna? You good? We're good. Okay. Thanks for hopping on today. We love you. We'll see you <laughs> next week. Bye. <laughs>